Good morning. Uh, our order of service this morning is from the St. Stephen's service. And also, if you don't have one of these available, you should uh, seek one out. Share. Share, because uh, I, I guess... All, all, somebody else might, uh, somebody else, I think, went out and was looking for one. We have one over here. Okay, I guess we're good. Um, and uh, we begin with uh, our opening hymn from the Songs for Disciples, uh, page 13, Sweet Hour of Prayer. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Lord, have mercy.
for the peace of love and for our salvation, for the peace of the whole world, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. The Lord have mercy, creator of all, Christ have mercy, redeemer of all, Lord have mercy, Church of God and for this holy house and for all who bow down here in worship, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy, creator of all. Christ, have mercy, redeemer of all. Lord, have mercy, Holy Spirit. Help, save. Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Let us, confess, let us confess our sin to one another and to the Lord. Gracious Father, we confess that we have tried to hide ourselves and our sins from you. But when we know that we have done wrong, we are drawn to live selfish lives, refusing to bear the troubles of others. We often turn from our neighbors, ignoring their pain and excusing their needs as the responsibility of someone else. Gentle Lord, in your mercy, forgive our sins and free us from our selfish ways. Grant that we may choose to obey you and show our love for you by serving others. Almighty God, rich in mercy and abundant in love, has given his Son to die for us. For Jesus' sake, at his command and in his behalf, I forgive you all your sins. Go in peace. You have new life in Jesus Christ. This new life is founded in forgiveness and framed by joy. And therefore, with the song of the angels in our hearts and on our lips, we join the whole church on heaven and earth to proclaim.
The peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. Together we pray. O oh God, you have prepared for us the love of your joys beyond understanding. Pour into our hearts such love for you that, loving you above all things, we may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated for the reading. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great tree of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed and then go on your way, now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three sihas of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared, and he set these before him. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife Sarah? They asked him. There, in the tent, he said. One, then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second lesson is from the first chapter of Colossians. When you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that was once, that had been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but now is disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. This is the word of the Lord. The response is, uh, beautiful Savior, page 52.
rise for the gospel. The Holy Gospel from St. Luke, the 10th chapter. Thank you, Lord. Lord, for this gift of life. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had been made, that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the gospel of the Lord. We praise you for the power of your word. God's grace, his mercy, and his peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. So this 75-year-old man was a traveler wandering out in the wilderness. He was an Armenian. And he was out there, camped by some trees, and along came some strangers. Because that's sort of what you do is you look for trees and go from tree to tree because it's pretty hot out there. I'm sure in Louisiana we still have that practice. If you have to walk for a while, you might find some trees and you might stand underneath those trees, maybe take a drink of water or something and, uh, and then move on. But there were no bars or snowball stands or anything like that under this particular tree when these visitors came. There was no address, uh, there was no bu business hours, none of that. And uh, the second person of the Trinity, along with a couple others, came wandering into, uh, into this, this camp. And, of course, the tradition was that you welcome and you serve uh, those people, which, which Abram uh, did very well. He welcomed. He didn't just give them power bars and uh, some mixed-up uh, protein drink that he had left over. He went and he, uh, Abraham, told uh, his wife, to, who was also in her 70s, and you can imagine uh, today if some visitors came, uh, it's like, well, uh, we have to, you know, clean up the, the, the house. What are you, what are you doing? Uh, these people, we, we don't know them or anything like that, and, uh, but he had servants. Uh, they went, they baked some uh, bread, they brought that, and they uh, prepared, killed a you know, and, and you know how, how that would be kind of a disconcerting thing, I suppose, for us. Uh, although sometimes when we don't get enough service, we sort of wondering, you know, we sort of wonder, have they, 
Did they have to go chase after the chicken? Or? And these people waited. Uh, that's what they did. They sat under the shade tree and discussed things. Um, and you realize uh, that Abraham, he didn't know who he was entertaining. But that's what he did. That's what he did. And, uh, and as he was entertaining and, and setting forth all of those things, uh, they ate. And then a very curious thing happened. Because the story behind Abraham was, uh, now Abraham, and it's always, I, I imagine, would be a... Um, a uh, it would, it, it's kind of a, a name of derision, um, Avraham, father of nations. Um, and, uh, and, and yet, Abraham didn't have any children. Seventy-five years old, no children, and, um, and, and yet his name uh, would depict otherwise. And of course, we know... You know the story of Abraham. That was one of his deepest dreams was that he would have children. And God knew this. Even though God didn't uh, know his address and it didn't even matter, God knew exactly what Abraham needed. And Abraham was patient. And Abraham would still have to be patient because uh, next, actually, uh, I have to say, the next year, he said, You'll have, your wife will have a son. At this point in time, I, um, the, my bad, uh, I said he was 75. Well, at this time, he was 99. And, um, and uh, at 75, the promise first came. And, uh, and here he's still serving. Uh, 25 years, uh, God promised to give me a child. And we're, 100, we're approaching 100 years old, and we still don't have a child. Uh, what in the world is God doing? Uh, when is he ever going to, I mean, a hundred years is, uh, you know, even in our age, never mind you and me, a um, hundred years old back then was, I think, yeah, it was more, you know how they say inflation, you know? Uh, I used to make 10000 a year, and today's, in today's money, that was, this. well, a hundred years old back then was, like, I don't know, a hundred and something, you know, 200 maybe here, you know, that. Because people would routinely die at, at, in their 40s, in their 30s, 40s, in Africa. If you're, if you're living in your 40s, you are a righteous man, they will say, because, because you're living longer than you actually are supposed to live. Abraham had not lost his uh, his ability to serve and, um, and to listen to God. But what a surprise when uh, the second person of the Trinity um, said, next year you will have a son. And of course, if we go on about this, uh, we continue on with this story, you realize that, uh, that they had a little difficulty, just a little difficulty, you know, uh, be beyond the, you know, behind the curtain of the tent uh, where 
uh, she was listening and uh, realized, you know, I'm at such and so an age, and now I'm going to have, look, you know, we already gave that up. And what's a hundred-year-old woman doing having a child? Well, with God, nothing is impossible. And uh, thanks be to God that He comes to us, period. But not only does He come to us, He comes to us uh, in the strangest times, in the most mysterious ways, and sometimes He just turns our lives upside down. And we may see that as a positive, we may see it as a negative, we may see it as, as well, what it is, but that's what it is. It fills God's purpose, and God does what He does when He does it. In another instance, we, in the Gospel lesson, we see another instance of service where Jesus was involved and... Um, I don't know. I have I have trouble as a uh, I have had trouble as a pastor, you know, scheduling visits with people because I know, you know, this per and you know, and there's some people you, you don't have a real problem scheduling them because you know they're not going to clean their house and all of that stuff. It's going to be you know, hey, pastor, come on in. Let's sit down, and have a beer or something. You know, more holy than that. And um, yeah. And it is what it is. Uh, we're dressed the way we're dressed, and we're not changing for anyone. But then there's those people that, that uh, you just know that uh, make scheduling a meeting it stresses them out. And, and what are you going to do? <laughs> and here you have these two different people. You have people who are, and maybe you can see, and I think maybe, I don't know if, I, if I'm to simplify things, there are people who are people persons and there are people who are event persons, right? Some people are all about doing stuff. And those are the people who get really stressed out when, when you know, the pastor or anybody uh, announces uh, to, to schedule, hey, we're going to come, oh, hey, let's come over to your house. And then it's like, oh, my goodness, I, oh, the list. Oh, oh my goodness, uh, why aren't you helping me? You know, that's when the honeydew list gets bigger. Or if it's the guy doing it, that's when the, what's the other, that's pretty sexist, isn't there? I can't even, what's the other thing when, when the husband gives the wife something to do? Is this even possible? The honeydew, is it also a honeydew list? I guess it is. Yeah, exactly. And so, so the list gets big. And, and, if you, and if you're not Johnny on the spot, it causes tension in the house because that's the way it is. And after living with, uh, you know, these, these dynamics year after year after year, you kind of get used to, you know, that. But it also happens in church. It causes problems in church, you know, when it comes time to fill positions, you know, who are going to step up? Who's been, we've been in this office for years and years and years. We've been trying to get rid of it, but we can't because nobody will jump up and take it. And you either continue on or you, I don't know, 
some churches, there'll be some sort of a blow up or something like that. And yeah, well, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. But, uh, um, you know, I mean, the, the blessings that we have here oftentimes outnumber what we imagine them to be. Um, uh, and, and, it can, and you can see it if an individual, for instance, passes away or, or something like that. You can see the, the shortages. I can remember in one church, uh, we, they had all kinds of flowers and this and that and the other thing, and everything was all taken care of, and then one person died, and, you know, the next thing you know, the flowers aren't happening. Something's not happening because that person, you know, did it. And so each and every one of us, whether you're in a position or not, you know, oftentimes uh, there will be the, uh, you know, uh, a person pitches in to, to make what is lacking whole. So we have many, many blessings and, uh, and, and, but, you know, as we go about lives, we, we have different ways of approaching things, and some people are event-oriented. Uh, uh, they, you know, if things, if you're not doing stuff, and if you're not doing Johnny on the spot, they might be annoyed at you, and, and that sort of thing, and it happens in church, and it happens in families, and it happens all over the place. And then there are people-oriented uh, people. And those are the ones who, uh, uh, who will who think that people are more important? These people would not have the plastic covering on their furniture when you come to visit. You ever had that? Oh, special. See, not Louisiana would be kind of hard to do that because you'd be sticking to the couch. But but you know if you if you want to keep your stuff nice, then you can't have people, dirty people, sitting on that. But then on the other hand, if you're a person-oriented individual, then yes, you know, we bought this for people to sit on and we, and we, and, and all of those things. That, yes, that guest room, uh, the family can indeed use that guest room, you know, here and there every now and then, uh, simply because that's there for people. And as a, as a valued individual, um, yes, of course you can, you can use that. Uh, but if you're event-oriented, uh, you're not going to touch that because when somebody important comes, then I won't have as much. To, you get my point? So Mary and Martha, there you go. Yin and yang, sisters uh, who are getting things done, and, and, uh, and there is Jesus. Jesus in the middle of it. And you have to realize that I guess there were, uh, there were a lot of dynamics that had happened. And the way Jesus addresses Martha, it's kind of like Martha, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha, Martha. You've got so many things on your mind and you're so busy with things. But Mary, Mary has chosen to pay attention to me and not... The, the part about making sure that everything is done and, and all of this stuff so that when people go away, they'll be saying to each other, that was a pretty good party, wasn't it? Don't you think it was a good party? Yeah, that was an excellent party, especially that Martha. Man, she was, she was Johnny, Johnette on the spot. 
and she was there serving and helping, and what a wonderful uh, event that was. And uh, you know, I wonder if she hires out, because we could uh, use somebody who's as handy as she is. But that, that Mary, wow, you know, Mary just sat at Jesus' feet and, and was listening and was just ignoring all the other stuff that was going on. Which one is better, you suppose? And when our lives get so segmented so that we have so many things that we can't keep track of all the blessings, and we sort of had that little practice, we, we kind of went into it a little bit there, about how people take care of things, but we can look out there and we can say, are things as good as they could be? No, they could be better. But if people would just buckle down and do what they're supposed to do, then what's the most important thing? What is the most important thing? And that, that is what Jesus answered. I don't even think anybody was asking that question. But Jesus throws a gem into our lives. Few things are needed. You know what? I don't think we can really accuse Jesus of not being oriented towards doing things because of what he did. He did everything the way he was supposed to do. He did everything properly. But I think he was not compelled to do everything that everybody would have expected to be done. And this happened, and this is a, a, a source of contention among the, the Jewish leaders who would complain that Jesus did not instruct his disciples properly on ceremonial hygiene or rites of washing because they would walk through the fields and they would pluck the grains and they would pop them in their mouths. I don't know if you've ever put grain in your mouth, you know, from the... That's not a big treat, I don't think, is it? Is it a treat? But they didn't wash their hands. They didn't ceremonially wash their hands. What, what are the things that we have that we absolutely should not do? And if somebody does it, and I don't really have anything in mind, to be honest. Um, well, except I, I think for, for when it comes to baptism, a, a Christian can, uh, in, in cases of emergency, can baptize, right? Any Christian. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you have water, you know, that is a valid baptism. But regularly, normally, you know, you have to go through, uh, you know, a few hoops and that sort of thing. Um, and, and that happens in the church, and it's the, the pastor who takes care of it, and there's the thus and the so and the, all of those things. And so it's very detail-oriented, and a lot of churches can be that way. And you know what? That's a good thing because God is a God of order. But Jesus is very conscious of, of reaching out to the individual where they are. Abraham was reached out to as he was out in the wilderness underneath a tree with his, with his tent camped and his, uh, his flocks in the fields grazing for the night. And Jesus reached out to him in the form of the second person of the Trinity. 
people orientation. God is, is that. Is God a God of order? Yes. Is He a God of people orientation? Yes. Which comes first? I don't know. But I think God has it. He's got it up and down, right? He's, he's, got, it, he's got it right. He has it right. And even when people don't get it right, he can get it right. Wedding of Cana, right? Oh, man, we didn't buy enough booze. And Mary, Jesus' mother, said, you know what to do, buddy. And Jesus says, but then he, he does it. Feeding people out in the wilderness, uh, they went out in a place to where there weren't McDonald's, um, and the people went, just followed, and because they were paying attention to Jesus, and they weren't paying attention to uh, their picnic baskets or the lack thereof, and they went out there, and it got, things got late, and, uh, and Jesus looked at his disciples and said, what you got, man, what you got to feed these people? And the disciples are... Who put us in charge? And Jesus says, give me that. Well, well, we found something, but it's not enough to feed us. Give me that. Get, I'll take care of it. People orientation and the fact that God can order our lives in a way that we can understand, which gets us what we need, but it's also oriented towards our individual lives. What do we learn from this? We learned a huge lesson, which is probably why we're here, because you have Christ on the cross, and you have a scripture passage that says that while we were yet sinners, because we're still running around, a lot of us are running around thinking, you know, if I mind my P's and my Q's, God's going to have to let me into heaven. There's a lot of people who think that. And, and they will reveal that when they say, you know what, I've been serving in office at church for years and years and years, and what thanks have I gotten for it? Nothing. Nada. Every now and then I like to joke with people and say, you did such a good job last year. I think we ought to raise your pay. <laughs> yeah, raise your pay. Should I be getting pay? Well, zero plus zero is zero. Or if you double zero, you still get zero. But why are we doing this anyway? Well, because I think we might be people-oriented, right? Maybe the way God is people-oriented. And while we were thinking, maybe if we just do this right and that right and the other thing right, Jesus came along, suffered and died while we were still sinners, while we were still blind. And by the way, in many ways, we are still blind when it comes to our sin and sometimes the negative effects that we have on others. I just recently heard uh, there, there's a, a lady who is known to be, uh, I don't know, kind of every now and then, she's just rude. I mean, can I just, can I say that? 
she's rude. And with her family, um, uh, when it comes to like, you know, even giving gifts or something like that, somebody will give her a gift and she'll open it up and she'll, she'll say to her children, why did you even bother? To, to, you shouldn't have even, you know, bothered to, to, to do, I don't need this. And this woman is completely blind as to how, and you'd say, well, surely she would know. But, of course, somebody's filming it, and the family sits down to look at, uh, hey, let's look at some Christmas videos. Remember this and this and this? And there she is receiving a gift and berating the gift giver, and she sees that, and she's appalled at her own behavior. Is that me? And there's nothing discussed, but when you see your own behavior, and I don't know how it is that you can see your own behavior. Maybe somebody comes up and says something. Nah, that never works, right? Because you've gone up to somebody and said, you realize how rude you are when you say, and they don't listen because they're offended. But if they see themselves doing that, then they realize, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Well, news brief to all of us, including me, we're like that. If we would look back at ourselves, and sometimes we do, and, l- and let me say, when, you, when, you, when God instructs you and you can replay something and you can say, oh my, I'm, I'm such an idiot, I shouldn't have said that, you know, and you stop defending yourself, but I didn't know, and this and that and the other thing. Ask forgiveness, do whatever you can, and stop kicking yourself because we all do it. And I'm not excusing bad behavior, but I'm saying we all do it. But when we see that, learn that we are indeed sinful. Sinful in ways that we cannot even imagine. And in a way, thank God for hiding that sin from us because I think we would be the most pitied people if we were so understanding of when we sin and all of these things because we can't stop it. It's a struggle in life. We are who we are. And sometimes we have a bad day at work and we go home and we take it out on our family. And we don't know it. But you see, while we were yet sinners, while we were yet lacking in the grace, in the love, in the forgiveness, in the patience, in all of the things that we should have in order to be perfect, Christ suffered and died on the cross and He filled what was lacking in what we were doing or not doing. Christ is the one who turned the water into wine. Christ is the one who multiplied the fish and the loaves. Christ is the one who told Martha, you don't have to continually worry about getting stuff done because guess what? When, you're, when you die, somehow, people are going to still get stuff done. 
There are actually people who believe that if I die, this family's going to go to, you know, heck in a handbasket. It's just not true. It's just not true. People on their own, without your assistance, can realize that maybe they should take a shower. Or maybe they should make their bed or wash the bed clothes. And if they don't, as frequently as we would like them to, what does it matter? You know what matters? I believe in Jesus Christ, who suffered and died for me on the cross. Does it matter how much money you have in your bank account? No. Does it matter if you do have a bank account or not? No. I believe it's the one thing. I believe in Jesus who suffered and died for me while I was yet sinful and continue to be sinful. Lord, help my unbelief. This is the gift that God continually gives us. When we need it, Christ is there. When we don't need it, Christ is there. So whether we need God or not, He is there because that's who He is. But He knows each and every individual like He knew Abraham and his wife Sarah. He knew them and He met their needs. And in the end, you and I sitting here had a, an extra stake in that story way, way, way back when because we, believe it or not, are children of Abraham, of the faith that God gave to Abraham and that we now share. We are spiritual children of Abraham. Why? Because God is generous and God fulfills His promises to Abraham and also to you and to me. And we look at the cross. We look at the cross. We look at, at Jesus, prophet, priest, and king, because he wasn't dressed like that when he was hanging on the cross. But this represents that Christ is everything that we need. He is our everything. And we come here once again to hear that, yes, we are sinful. Yes, we might be too detail-oriented or not detail-oriented enough. Yes, we have failed. Yes, we have problems. Yes, we have needs. But Christ knows. He knows your needs. And He has even given you the faith so that you can look and you can see and you can say, and of course this isn't Jesus. Some people would say, oh, well, you know, you're worshiping uh, that piece of wood. We are not worshiping that piece of wood but it represents for us something visual that we can see and say, yes, there is God the Father 
the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they are there. And they are here with us. And they are sharing everything that they have with us so that we can share everything that we have with one another. And it's not all physical stuff. It might be helping one another out. It might be those kinds of things. But it might also be love and forgiveness and patience and kindness. All of these things which we have in abundance. And most of all, be joyful. Be joyful that you know that everything is covered. Everything is going to be okay. It's going to be done. And there will come a time when God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come to me. And so today, if you are weary, if you are downtrodden, if you are weighed down, come to me, all of you who are weary, who are weighed down, who are troubled, and I will give you rest. And Christ says, I will put my yoke upon you. I will, I will cover you with new clothes. I will cover you with my love and forgiveness and mercy. May this be comfort to us as we go through this world feeling perhaps that we don't have enough, that we're not good enough, that we never can do enough. Christ is enough for us. And in His name we pray. Amen. We continue with the hymn of the day, um, Oh How I Love Jesus, page 63.
our faith in the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, and one being with the Father, through whom all things were made. For us and for our salvation, He came out of heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, He became incarnate from the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in the words of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead, the life of the world to come. for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, you have made your word fully known in the person of your Son and in the proclamation of his gospel. Bring many out of this world and into the communion of your church to share the riches he has won for us in his death and resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, your minister, St. Paul, suffered for the sake of of the Christ's church and called both Jews and Gentiles into Christ's one body. Sustain the apostolic unity he forged and grant your ministers faithful hearts to endure suffering in our day. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. 
Lord God, you chose Abraham and Sarah, through, uh, though barren, to bring forth the promised child. Grant your heavenly comfort to those without children. Hear their prayer and grant their godly desire. Lord, in your mercy, give wisdom and patience to all in authority. Let them serve with integrity, always for the benefit of those under their leadership, to the maintenance of righteousness and to the hindrance and punishment of the wicked. Lord, in your mercy, Lord God, your people suffer in this life before they reach your heavenly kingdom. Sustain all of those people we have written in our bulletin who are always before us. And in addition, Rhonda Tulsa, uh, who, had, um, who has ankle surgery. Uh, the Lily Clan um, for safe travel. Blake Juno uh, for successful surgery. Douglas Stinson, broken foot. And Susan McShane, who has surgery. Let them serve with, uh, uh, let them uh, all uh, serve you, even though they, they suffer and, um, and they suffer among us. So give them the same spirit you give your servant Paul, that they may endure in their holy faith. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, when you appeared to Abraham and Mamre, he offered a feast of which he himself did not partake. Receive our offerings this day and grant us bold faith to partake of the body and blood of Christ for our forgiveness, life, and salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, you have forgiven our sins and delivered us from, the, from death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Continue to pour out your mercy upon us and grant to us all good things needful in, in this body and life and keep from us all things harmful from you through you and to you are all things, O Lord, Holy Father, mighty God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit is one Lord, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, from the beginning of time, your gracious hand has given life to all things. You shaped the world and fashioned a people by the power of your word. All creation is renewed by the soft whisper and the thunderous roar of your spirit. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. In this final age of your creation, you have given us your Son, your Word become flesh, in his redeeming death and resurrection. Jesus has fulfilled your promise of a full, secure life on this earth and a certain joyous life throughout eternity. And the night he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this for the remembrance of me. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Send upon us now, we pray, your Holy Spirit, that living in the light and power of Jesus' resurrection, we may live our lives in praise of you and in service to others, and so begin today to experience the inheritance prepared for all your children. Hosanna in the highest.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever.
The God of hope grant you joy and peace in believing so that you will be filled with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated for the closing hymn, hymn 23. Thank you. 